0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Canadian Made, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the Canadian entertainment industries to introduce you to the unsung heroes who make amazing content in this country. So if you are in the Canadian entertainment industry, aspiring to be, or just a fan, this is the podcast for you. Today on the show, we have Liz Duff, who is a TikTok influencer. Now, Liz is not just a regular TikToker. Her content specializes in PR campaigns and how movies are marketed. She talks a lot about Canadian content too. So if you have content to promote, Liz gets into how to take advantage of TikTok promote your content and what makes a good PR campaign on TikTok to best promote your film. She gives amazing, amazing insight. And this is definitely an episode that you don't want to miss because you can have the best movie in the world. But if you don't know how to promote it, it's going to be really hard for people to find it. So I think that there's a lot of mystery surrounding TikTok. There's a lot of questions that people have. Is it too late to start your own account on TikTok? Liz gets into it and answers all of the burning questions that you have. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Liz. So I wanted to first start out by talking about what your background is, how you got into TikTok, and you know what your involvement is in the entertainment space. Totally. I started posting on TikTok a little over two years ago,
1: originally for work when I was working in PR and we were trying to figure out what this platform was and if it was useful to us. I work in tech in my day and I do entertainment by night. So this was tech PR and tech marketing. And this was at a time when it was really all about like the 15 second video and the idea of a TikTok star was really just dance TikTok, which is so cool. and something I could never do, but I kind of watched it go from that point into what we see more of now, which is like the idea of the TikTok influencer and the idea of cultural conversation the video started to get longer and the discourse started actually starting. And that was when I decided I wanted to jump in myself and be part of it. Uh, I started off in the Marvel community, posting about Marvel content, and this was right around the time when WandaVision was ending, there was these great conversations about women representation in superhero films and comics, and I made this incredible community of folks that I'm still friends with to this day that do incredible work around advocating for diversity in comics and in film and kind of in fandom culture. Um, And that really spurred me to start doing more reporting style content and specifically taking my knowledge around how press tours work and how entertainment publicity works um, and using my platform as both a way to explain to others what's actually happening when we watch. Interviews and when we watch red carpets and the stories that they're trying to tell us and how they're trying to get us to buy tickets for movies ultimately. Um, and also just kind of speculating and, and using what I know to predict what's happening next and what we might be able to expect. So it's become a cool corner of the internet where we're predicting and we're watching and we're analyzing and, and trying to talk about how things could be better and, and how we can uplift marginalized voices. And I love talking about Canadian content too, because I think a lot of people underestimate just how cool like the Canadian industry is. So I always try and talk about movies and shows that I'm watching in Canada. And it's amazing the amount of American friends I've gotten to watch like Kim's Convenience and *Anne with an E, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, it's interesting actually that you say that because I think that TikTok has the power to do sort of what Netflix has done to Canadian content to help bolster it, get it out there. So it's like a really interesting point that you've made. But I want to talk specifically about the future of entertainment reporting and how TikTok has kind of cracked open that space um, so that, you know, people in less traditional spaces can find a voice.
1: Absolutely. It's so interesting to see how far we've come in such a short amount of time. Really, everyone has a microphone now in a way that no other platform has done before. And I think it's in part due to how specific the algorithm learns our habits and knows our interests and is able to take indie albums and indie films and blow them up into the next big blockbuster or the next big number one you see it all the time in music and that trend is just starting to really hit on movie TikTok and it's really interesting to see how um, a platform with 10,000 followers can blow something up to be number one just as easily as you know a mainstream media show that gets the exclusive on Whatever is dropping next from a major studio. The power is kind of distributed differently. Uh, and it shows that it really doesn't take the entire world to make something happen. It just takes a community that believes in a project, in a person, in a message to rally behind something and spread the word. And that's a power that is unique and still in its infancy to TikTok. And it's really interesting to see filmmakers and see creatives start to understand that to start to build their own communities at every stage of the process that they're in and in their careers and start, you know, Uh, getting people excited for what they're building and what's coming next. I follow so many directors aren't directing anything right now and are just in the process of trying to get funding or trying to finish a script or trying to bring people on board. And I'm so excited to see their finished products coming, you know, like two, three, four years down the line from now because I just believe in them and believe in the story that they're trying to make happen. It's a whole new world of not just exploration, but also self-discovery for creators and, and what happens when, you're willing to open up and share your message with people, you know, through the good and the bad and the edited and the unedited. So the idea that you can create something that hooks someone in, in the first 15 seconds and they stick around now for up to 10 minutes, you can upload up to 10 minute long videos. That's enough to show, you know, a huge chunk of your short doc or the intro of your film or like an entire trailer and then some of what you're building. Um, it, it, it's opening doors to like conversation and exposure in a way that not even mainstream media can provide anymore. like if you get a hit on a you know major talk show or a major entertainment reporting show, your segment might only be two minutes long, a minute and a half long and you can upload a minute and a half videos five times a day on TikTok if that's what you really want to do um, to an audience of just as many people potentially. So' it's, who are maybe it's really- more engaged.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. Which is crazy. Um, So you've done some press before, but this was your first time at TIFF. So I'm so curious to hear about, you know, how your experience was at TIFF and what it kind of meant to you to be there as an influencer, as yourself. (laughs) Yeah, it was. So I'm from Halifax, right? So Halifax has an
1: incredible entertainment scene. We have an incredible film industry, the Finn Festival, which is the Atlantic Film Festival just wrapped, which was phenomenal, Uh, but I've never been outside of my city outside of my hometown with this platform so I went to TIFF having like a little bit of understanding that my videos have done well but there's no way you can conceptualize in your mind like what a million people looking at your video looks like like you see the stats in your like creator tools and it's like this video had 1.9 million unique accounts view it it's like you can't even fathom that number like that's it's, it's bananas to try and wrap your head around. So I definitely didn't think going into TIFF that I was going to get like stopped on the streets or that people would know me. I kind of went in thinking, oh, like this is for me, like this is a very, um, this is about me going and doing something and making content for my platform and, and just seeing what happens. And that was the biggest surprise was having studios reach out, having pictures reach out, having marketing teams reach out and having people stop me in the industry center on the streets at premieres being like, Hey, I've seen your content. Like I, yeah, like so, just saw the video you posted last night, like that was out of body for me to experience that at a festival. That means so much to me. That is something I watch and cover every year. Um, so I had a really good time. Like in that sense, it was really like a beautiful moment. And then from like the content creation side of it and the reporting side of it, It was so fascinating i kind of had this takeaway that you and i talked about earlier about how anyone can go to tiff who wants to be there and who wants to cover a carpet or cover a moment and you know put in the work to reserve your tickets get a good spot on the carpet get yourself accredited um, get yourself in the industry center and and do the best you can with the moment that you capture I had just as many hits on some of my content as I think some of the mainstream outlets did from the stats that I was able to publicly see. And I didn't go with a crew or a budget. I had my iPhone and my backup charger and a tiny mic that my friend Victoria had. And that was it. So it was, it was really affirming to see that if you're putting in the work and you're putting in the research and you're setting your, yourself up, um, you know, you can be just as much a part of the conversation as anyone else that goes. Um, And it's really cool. It was really cool to see TikTok, the platform also at TIFF, uplifting creators and inviting influencers in to be part of it and kind of seeing how they also recognize that um, there's an opportunity specific to TikTok and specific to people that are creating on TikTok that festivals like TIFF um, can be advantageous towards. So interesting on all sides and definitely affirming that if you if you want to build a community and you want to do this
0: you can yeah i think it's really encouraging actually and so okay so when brands reach out to you say that they're a movie that you know they want your help to promote can you talk us through kind of your process of how you come up with content to uh promote the movie or what your services are to help the movie out basically
1: yeah absolutely I would say I'm I'm learning for myself and my platform what's working for me and I have a lot of really talented friends that do it more frequently than I do that are based in LA or based in New York or based in Toronto that get more opportunities just based on their location than maybe I do so uh my number one rule in all of this is uh watching your friends and your colleagues and the people that you consider your co-workers and seeing what they're creating and making so that when the opportunity might come to you you're inspired by what other folks are doing and the people around you. And I'm, I'm such a believer in always being a student, a creative student of like the people you surround yourself with shout out Victoria Organa, who's my friend that I did TIFF with, who's done many carpets, a movie invites in her day and kind of showed me the ropes of how she wanted to do TIFF. It was like so instrumental to my process there, but specific with the movies that were reaching out to us there's some interesting like fine lines you have to walk where unless there's a contract in place saying I'm going to make this kind of content or I'm going to deliver this exact message and it's signed and ironclad and invites an invite. So I got an invite, um, from prime video to Catherine called birdie, uh, which was a premiere that happened during TIFF. And there was no expectation for making content around it. It was come like you're invited. We have a seat for you if you want to be there that I accepted and there was no strings attached um, as it should be with any PR invite. So then it is really up to me to say, okay, what am I going to do with this moment? And, and does it work with my platform? And is my audience going to be engaged um, if I do even make content around it? Uh, and I ultimately decided like the people that vetted me knew my platform and knew my crowd because the movie really did speak to my community. It's a, you know, a feminist story. It's about uplifting young women. It's about overcoming adversity. And those are conversations we're having all the time in my community. Um, so a bit closer to when the film does come out, I'll definitely be sharing more about that premiere experience and kind of what I saw and heard in those moments. Um, because, because I believe that they did a great job inviting my community and seeing how, you know, that moment could be shared with the crowd that's already engaged in the themes of that movie versus there are other movies that were premiering at TIFF maybe around like, you know, the horror genre that, you know, I don't talk about horror movies because I'm just not a horror movie girl. Spoiler alert. Sorry to all the people that just turned off the podcast, but it's just not my preference. So, you know, it wouldn't have made sense for me to go to a premiere like that and try and pass off content. Although I'm sure to some folks, they might've seen my engagement numbers or my following and said, oh, we should definitely invite Liz you know, they were able to vet out and see for themselves, like, well, she's not really having conversations about the themes of our movie or the genres. And maybe it's not the right fit over someone else that's going that already covers that content and has a community engaged. So I think that really, like, you know, summarizes, it's all about the conversations I'm already having and what's a natural fit. And then what is the specific invite that's been sent to me and what's the expectation of it. And I always appreciate working with partners that, are willing to just trust me and willing to just send the invite and, you know, uh, um, willing to partner in good faith, knowing that I know my community best and I can share what's relevant without, um, you know, any kind of weird expectations or not having
0: done their research in the first place. Mm, That's really interesting and good to think about if you're someone who's like a producer and trying to think about who to reach out to and what your best strategy can be to promote a movie. So really good insight. If you had to promote a movie in 2022, if you were to have to kind of plan um, an overall marketing campaign or or like a press strategy, how would you approach it? And maybe you can pick like a movie that you saw a tip or something that folks will or can anticipate coming out and kind of watch along with your predictions perhaps. Absolutely. So if I was to release a movie in like, let's say
1: 2023, so you, you know, it's all lined up, you've got a date, it's coming down the pipe. The first thing I would do is watch the movies immediately coming out and how TikTok is approaching them. There's a couple major studios that really know how to play the TikTok game well, Netflix is masterful in their TikTok rollout. They've got it on lock, and every time there's a movie coming out, they their content is spotless. It's matching the vibe of the moment. It doesn't seem like marketing. It seems like they're really in the community, and that's what matters. I'd also say Egbo, which is the Russo brothers um, studio. They are masterful on TikTok as well. Uh, their rollout for the gray man was spectacular on TikTok. Um, Lionsgate is another one that really understands their community and how to play and do it even when they don't have major releases coming. So the first thing I would do is look at studios that are as established as those and see what they're doing and the content that they're making and how they're talking to their community. And it might not even make sense what you're watching. You might be like, why am I watching a Tom Holland thirst trap? Like that makes, why are they putting this out on their like professional platform? But then you read the comments and you get into the, you know, the details of it, into the dirt of it. And you really see how that community is with them and understands the conversation. And then it's all about finding your own approach to that. And what is it about your movie that's going to speak to a community first? Your pitch that you use with a studio or that you use to get in the door to get your funding is not going to work on TikTok. You need to find the community message and the people that are you want to buy tickets and to stream your film and, and figure out where they are. And, you know, maybe they're all on Tom Holland Thirst Trap TikTok, or maybe they're all on like cat video TikTok, but they're somewhere. They're out there. And it's about finding the conversations they're a part of and naturally, you know, finding your way into them. And that could mean that your house cat tabby is going to be in every video with you for the first five videos to try and get into the cat algorithm. Or maybe it means you're baking cookies or making dinner and talking about your film, uh, which is about cooking, just to try and get you know, into the cooking side of TikTok. Or maybe it means like you talk about how you were inspired by Spider-Man as a kid to write a movie and the Spider-Man community is able to find you and rally behind you. But there is a way to get into existing communities and show up as your genuine and authentic self and build from there. Um, If you're not with a major studio that has like the TikTok budget that Netflix or Warner or Paramount has, you can still be a part of a community build your own community and share just how hard you've worked on your film and your project without cutting straight to the marketing messages and the key messages. And and they will rally around you and help you spread the word.
0: I've seen it time and time again. That's amazing. So do you think that for someone who's, um, you know, a producer or a creator that it's too late in 2022 to get on TikTok and just start from scratch? Do you think that the market's too saturated? Or do you think that everyone still has a chance? It's definitely not
1: too late to be on TikTok. In fact, I think that TikTok is one of the only platforms where you can jump in when you're ready and still build your community. There's people that join every day that their first video goes completely viral. And there's people that join today and will get zero views for the next five months. It's all about what you're creating and what your intention is and your ability to engage and be in the comments of other people's videos, reaching out to people and trying to build your community. And if you're willing to do that work, anyone can find the community they're looking for in TikTok. And I think that your definition of success also really matters. People that join TikTok with the intent of immediately reaching a million views likely aren't thinking of the community aspect of it. I joined TikTok wanting to build a community first and wanting to find my people that wanted to have the specific conversation. And I didn't know how many people there would even be that would want to have the conversations that I would have. So when my view, when my views would be, excuse me, when my views would hit like two or three hundred. I thought that was so cool because I didn't even think there would be two or 300 people that the algorithm would figure out like, oh, they might be interested in this. And as those numbers grew and the engagement increased and my followers started increasing, it was kind of magical to me to see that people were connecting with my messages and with the conversations I was wanting to have because I went in with the mindset of I don't need a million views, I don't need a million followers, I don't need to be verified. I just need to find the people that are having the same conversations and have the same interests as me. And the fact that there's 40,000 people that wanna have those conversations, like that's a stadium full. That's a huge number of people that feel at home with what I'm saying. So because of that, I think that I would recommend to anyone who's new to TikTok, like find your people and be patient with it. And remember that the numbers are real humans that are finding you and agreeing with you and seeing a bit of themselves and their interest in what you're saying. And, and that matters more
0: than am I getting a thousand followers in one day? hundred percent. You know what? I just recently joined TikTok with the podcast and I'm like two months into my journey and I'm surprised how much people care about things I'm posting. And like, of course you have to kind of, I mean, at, my, at least my strategy on TikTok is to balance kind of more like clickbaity things with more meaningful conversations, just to like get the ball rolling. And when I post something that I consider to be a little bit more like authentic or genuine and people actually comment with insightful things, that's so meaningful to me. It is. Wow, This is great that we all want to have the same conversation.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think showing up is hard showing up and and being authentic amidst what you have to say or what you're trying to promote and say is even harder and I especially I think you and I can relate like when you have these projects you're trying to promote or you have these goals that you have but then you also show up on the side and say like hey here's a side thing that's actually super connected to who I am or something I'm like genuinely excited about that's hard to do and I, I think to anyone listening, that's in a position where like you have a movie to promote or you have a project to promote, like, don't be afraid to also show up as yourself within that and take people along on your day and, and show people what you're watching and how you're getting ready and the conversations that matter to you and your personal successes, because that all makes it more endearing. It makes you more real. And that's what people ultimately want.
0: A hundred percent. And even like when I think about the content that I love the most, I still, start to love it and I crave it because of that person and who they are as an individual they could be saying the exact same thing as five other people's people are saying but it's something about them that makes it special so I I totally agree I think you're like really hitting the nail on the head um, and giving such amazing advice and hopefully it's inspiring so many people to go out there and um get on TikTok
1: I think it's so intimidating like that's the other thing that I'm I'm always trying to say like, I, like I'm always intimidated. I still post like every day and I'm like, Oh God, what are people going to say? Like, it's hard to do this. It's, it's a luxury to be able to post and create a conversation, be able to do something with it. But the the act of bravery of putting yourself out there is still hard and doesn't get easier. In fact, I think it gets worse. The more <laughs> of a platform you have, the more you think about what you're doing and, and you want to make something that resonates with people. So You know, I think it's just as hard doing this
0: at 40,000 followers as it was at one zero followers. (laughs) Well, that's both really comforting to hear everyone. I love when people talk about imposter syndrome in that way. Like I I find it so comforting, but at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, there's never, there's no end in sight. There's no end in sight for imposter syndrome. Like it's just going to carry through my life. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, unfortunately for all of us, but also it keeps us real. Right. And I think like having your community around you, like, like I said earlier, the creators that I have in my corner, like I have friends that are verified. I have friends that are like way up there in the following. And like, we, we still have the same processes and conversations. And I'm like, but you're you. And they're like, what does that mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what you mean when you say
0: that. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We're all dealing with the same, same things. 100%. 100%. So let's talk specifically about Canadian content on TikTok yes. and how you feel like TikTok could really maybe help Canadian creators, Canadian content get out there.
1: Absolutely. I think the Canadian content community on TikTok is getting stronger. Um, I'd say the Canadian side of TikTok. Obviously, Canada is a small country in terms of the numbers, right? So you can't go into Canada TikTok expecting every video to hit like 30 million views. That would be almost the entire country. Like that's not realistic for Canadian content on TikTok. But um, what I do find about the Canadian content community, that's a lot. It's like a, (laughs) a tongue twister. The Canadian content community on TikTok is that people are really excited to find each other. Like when you find people talking about Canadian content, it's like an instant follow for me. I find someone, they could be makeup, they could be cooking, they could be in the woods, they could be doing hockey practice. I find out they're Canadian and talking about Canadian content, like I'm in, followed. I don't I don't care if you have one follower or a million. I'm I'm with you and I want to know you. I think a lot of people have that mutual excitement for one another. I think that the Canadian Screen Awards, the Canadian Screen Academy, they're at the CDN Academy on TikTok, they're doing some really cool work to uplift Canadian content across the board. Movies, streaming, TV, cable, like they're everywhere and trying to show just how cool Canadian content is for everyone in Canada or otherwise. I think uh, like TIFF and eTalk and all these Canadian shows and networks and festivals that are a little bit more established are on there and they're also... Sharing content and Canadian stories every day—that's reaching a massive audience, um, and kind of bringing that mainstream reporting that you would expect to an audience that's just as engaged with them as they are with, you know, someone like me that's got forty thousand followers and is not, you know, on a major network every night. Um, So there's really opportunity for everyone to be a part of the conversation because you know, the more people that are talking about it, the more it benefits everybody. And everyone's kind of willing to uplift each other and and being each other's comments and each other's DMS and, you know, sharing the joy and and sharing the
0: the platform amongst everyone. Yeah. You know what? We talk so often in this country about um, how to develop a Canadian star system. And I actually think that TikTok might be the answer to everyone's woes because it's the one way we can actually get faces of Canadian content to like the masses so shout out
1: Paula Sanderson if you're not following Paula on TikTok she's a friend of both of ours and she's always talking about the Canadian star system uh there's some really cool thinkers on TikTok like Paula who are in the space who are producing content who are writing content who maybe aren't sharing about their work directly, but are kind of commentating on this moment that we find ourselves in as a country and as a system. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh my God, you're like preaching to the choir. Paula and I talk about this every day. And we're always sending and DMing each other videos We're right on TikTok being like, did you see this person? Did you see that person? Did you see what they're saying? Did you see what they're saying? Um yeah. Oh my God, put
0: me in your group chat. Oh my God, I'm get ready. the DM going. <laughs>
1: absolutely we'll start an Instagram chat since literally TikTok if you're listening feature request group DMs I can't wait for the second we can get a
0: group DM going that's my dream amazing um okay so I have to ask you about the don't worry darling drama because you have been at the forefront of it your content has absolutely crushed um so although not like strictly Canadian I can't miss off this opportunity to talk about it um so I think the biggest question, the biggest takeaway that I have from it is, do you think that all press is good press? Yeah, the Don't Worry Darling situation has really spiraled
1: into so many different conversations and directions. Uh, Just to give some context for everyone that's just finding me for the first time or listening for the first time, I started covering the Don't Worry Darling drama over the summer. And that was at a point when there was not mainstream coverage of the set it was still at the fandom level and it was specifically fans of Lawrence Pugh who were commenting that her behavior was not matching her normal behavior with the projects that she's a part of and with her being the lead of don't worry darling like something was clearly happening because she had never acted like this before um, and I was talking about it at that time, so I was like, "There's, there's something coming, and the press tour is coming, and we're gonna see, we're gonna see, like it's gonna all come out." And then it kind of became a mainstream conversation. All, all the stuff started happening, and you know, I feel like my platform ends when the critics start. So I very, I am I'm very happily sharing the words of movie critics. specifically women and women of color who are movie critics talking about this movie and this narrative now that everyone's had a chance to see the film but from you know from from where I started and ended with the promotion of this film and, and the press run that it had I mean it's all about how you define good and bad press if the goal of this movie was specifically to sell movie tickets then all press is good press because they had a overestimated weekend, they, I think they ended up over the 20 million mark. And that was the lower end of the prediction. They were going between 18 and 25 million. I think they're like, well over that in North American box office alone, which is phenomenal for them. Like Bravo. We love women directors selling out, you know, their box office numbers. It's fantastic. Um, but if your definition of success was not having a press tour where two women are pinned against each other, then I would say, not all press was good press in this piece because there was a lot of misogynistic conversation happening and that wasn't so great. Um, I think it taught everyone a lesson, including Olivia Wilde and the power of social media. She commented endlessly her thoughts around the internet and how the internet has conversations. And you saw Florence Pugh also take that in stride in the way that she used her social platforms and didn't use her social platforms over the past few months. Mm. I think the bigger takeaway for me that I'm, you know, watching from all of this is I think that we're going to see my prediction is that we're going to see a shift in how young celebrity continues to use social. You already see people like Zendaya. Zendaya used to be on Instagram every day with those 2012 style edits and captions of songs. Like she was all over the internet and she's got a very glossy and polished persona now Um, And, like, what really changed in the midst of all that? Like, she certainly hasn't, but, you know, her platform has and her professional image has and the conversations that she does or doesn't want to have on her platforms has. I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward from, like, this new generation of Hollywood rising up because this movie really proved that people are watching and they understand that, you know, social media is as much a community as it is a marketing tool.
0: Mm, I love that. And I hope that everyone listening got a taste of what content they can expect from you and are now going to head over to it's at producer Liz, right? At producer Liz, there's a playlist called PR reacts, which used to be all of the press
1: tours I was watching. And it's kind of only don't worry, darling. Now. So you can find your way through the drama in that
0: playlist. Okay. Amazing. I want everyone to go check out your videos because they're so much fun. And also like who's talking about this stuff? I mean, not obviously everyone's talking about Don't Really Darling, but like who's talking about like how press tours are unfolding and stuff? Like, it's just so much fun. And if you have a movie at the end of the day you have to be concerned about how you're going to market the movie or else you're going to have this amazing movie that no one's ever going to see. So it's one of those things that I think sometimes feels very ancillary to the entertainment industry, but isn't, isn't at all. (laughs) Absolutely. And I really appreciate you saying that. Um,
1: You know, one of my goals with all of this was I was, uh, frankly, I was really tired of seeing my friends who are creators, who are going to movie premieres and being a part of these strategies, not understanding how the strategies work. And I was you know, sending voice message after voice message in the group texts and in Discord and in Instagram DMs to my friends saying like, when they tell you to say this key message, like this is why. And then being like, oh, I never put that together. I never, I didn't understand how these strategies worked or how they kind of you know, build these tactics. So that, that's why I started doing the series in the first place was to try and show more people like it's, you know, it's not a bad thing that it's all a strategy, but it is a strategy. And when you unpack it a little bit, it's, it's kind of more fun to watch
0: unfold. A hundred percent. Okay. So before I let you go, I have to ask you, because this is a podcast that promotes Canadian content. So do you have a piece of Canadian content that you can recommend that you think that everyone should like run, don't walk to go see?
1: There's so many, and I've been thinking about this for hours trying to nail down one. Um, You know, I really think that there's some exciting things happening on CBC Gem. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, uh, and on CBC YouTube as well, there's some really cool shows and shorts and series that are getting funded from creators all across the country, um, from diverse backgrounds, from diverse experiences. Uh, And not all of them are, you know, the crown jewels of Ship's Creek and Kim's Convenience, which I love, but they're equally as funny and worthy of your views and your time. So I think if you have not gone down the rabbit hole of CBC Gem and CBC YouTube, it's a treasure trove of Canadian content from the most inspiring array of, you know, writers, directors, producers, performers Canada has to offer. Um, And I think also... Uh, if I had to like recommend one specific show, I really love what Tallboys is doing. They hosted the Canadian Screen Awards this year uh, and their show is, I think, one of the best sketch comedy shows we have ever had in a history of uh, a country that's done so well by sketch comedy. Um, they're really the new frontier and the new gold standard. So if you're not paying attention
0: to Tallboys, they're worth the binge watch for sure. Amazing. And I think it's such a good point about the CBC Gem. There's so much on there. And I feel like a lot of it is the next generation of what's to come in Canada. So, you know, if you care about the industry and you care about keeping up with the trends, I think that that's the best place to look for sure. And there's a lot of people on there that are
1: doing TikTok and doing, they're on social media and they have it's one of many projects that they're creating at the time. So it's kind of a cool way of finding people and then going down the rabbit hole of all the other places there. They are other projects they're doing. It's I, I spend hours of time just watching and then researching and seeing what's up. Ah,
0: oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for coming. This was so much fun. Thank and... you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs>